Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend and virtual drinking buddy, Chris. We have decades of gaming experience across a variety of games and, in, and have in the past couple of years shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. We'll start off today by talking about the first bottleneck, what's in the glass? What are you drinking tonight, Dave? Uh, today, I've got a major lager from the Brew Kettle in Ohio. It's got Ooh, a nice. uh, major league motif. It's a pretty solid lager. Um, yeah, it's pretty basic. Mostly have it because it has the Ricky Vaughn on it, more or less. <laughs> the wild thing, right? I mean, yep. You got to go with that. And I'm going with 8-Bit O-Works. Um, I think I previewed this on our Discord channel the other day, but I'm going with Rice Climbers. It's a nice. cream ale out of 8-Bit O-Works over in Avondale, Arizona. It's, uh, it's called Rice Climbers. Obviously, a play on Ice Climbers, the video game, but... He actually puts uh, Rice Krispie Treats in it, and it tastes very eerily like Rice Krispie Treats as you're drinking it. So a lot of huh. fun. You get a little bit of the marshmallow flavor in there and all that. So very delicious, and it's crushable too. So lots of uh, pretty easy to drink. Interesting. Oh, yeah. In this week's current events and news, DSP will have an update January 10th, probably around the time that this podcast gets published, and they're introducing a new sandbox mode, as well as an extra hard mode with very low resources, and they're introducing a new planet. They haven't quite said what that planet is yet, so it's kind of a sneak peek of what's to come. Captain of Industry released into Early Access, which we talked briefly about last week, and they've already had their first rocket launch less than a week after that early access release rocket launch is basically the the end game uh much like in factorio um in terms of general news for automation factory games autonauts is coming to consoles on june 16th i am not entirely sure how i feel about that i not don't know how exactly autonauts would play with a controller but i might have to get it for the switch to see yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm curious to see how they get around that. And then in, in other news, Tectonica released some alpha gameplay footage showing off the grid-based building mechanics for the game. I'm really excited for this game to come out. I mean, it's something that's been on our radar, and I'm really looking forward to getting our hands out and playing it. Hopefully, we get accepted into the alpha on that one. Yeah, I really hope so. So this week's episode is going to be a bit of a bonus episode. Normally, we have a game to review, but last week's review was a little long in the tooth. So in an effort to not bore the the audience or make it too long to where people are disengaged, we decided to cut the Mechanica spotlight into its own into its own dedicated episode this week. So as you recall, last week we, we reviewed Factory Town, and one of the features of the game that kept coming up during our review was the topography. There's lots of hills and valleys in the game and has a very large impact on how you build. Me personally, I don't know if you remember, but there was a lot of frustration that I had with buildings at different levels. And last week, Dave told me as a little hint, hints or tips and tricks that I could do a shoot out of the upper part of the building. I didn't have to build it at ground level. 
And that helped me a lot in building. And these different elevation changes are not just about how the topography is represented, but it presents a challenge in many of the games and how they're they're played. Um, Factory Town, it's a lot more obvious, but in some of the other games like DSP or Factorio, it may not be as obvious. Many of the factory games we've played have a similar feel in their topography, despite very different implementations of it in different game perspectives, 3D, 2.5D, 2D, etc. The common theme through many of them is that initially, as you're figuring out how the game works and how the different systems fit together, the topography can get in the way of a lot of what you want to do. But as you grow in understanding the game systems and unlock more tools for dealing with these challenges, like foundations or uh, different levels of buildings, they become a key part of how you build and turn into an encouragement to build in creative ways rather than a stressor forcing you to build in ways that you didn't want to. So here we're going to bring in our discussion that we recorded last week and then add a few extra notes we've thought of since then at the end. So this week we're going to go over a, a mechanic spotlight of the week. One that is often not very well discussed, but plays a major role in many of these games that we play is the topography or how the world is actually laid out. What brought this up is Factory Town. It doesn't have a flat surface like its counterpart, Autonauts or Cuba Factorium do, does, even though it has a similar 3D-ish play. So we're going to go over each of the games and that we've played and we reviewed and go over how the topography and terrain impacts the game and what you can do about it. So the first one is Factorio. Uh, Factorio is relatively flat. However, there is cliffs and water in it. Cliffs are impassable by anything but the Spider-Tron. And water is impassable unless you have the Spider-Tron and it can reach across and bridge it. Other than that, kind of have to build around it. Now, later in the game, there's some mild terraforming you can do by researching landfill or by downloading mods such as Waterfill, where you can add water or remove water bridge those gap and then later on you can use um, cliff explosion cliff explosives when you research them to blow away the the cliffs so you don't have to have them in your way anymore and you can get rid of them so you can build build there instead of having that as unbuildable terrain and don't Next forget you can do uh underground belts and pipes in factorio to get some slight verticality even if it's not oh that's uh, very true too robust uh, and underground belts and pipes do go, they do clear water and cliffs as well. And that's one way to get around them is you can use an underground or a underground pipe to get through it. Very good point. And then Satisfactory and Junk Punk. These are two games that have that first person or nearly first person feel to them. Uh, both of these are crafted or somewhat procedurally generated worlds. However, you cannot destroy the terrain or reshape it. So it's very much static in that regards once it's generated. And then you have the height differences. There's vertical clearance you have to worry about because it is true 3D. You don't want one building or object to collide with another. And you could place down foundations to give you that flat buildable surface. But outside of foundations, there's rarely a perfectly flat spot anywhere on the map where you can build. Yeah, but you can also use it those foundations to do sort of what we talked about with factory town and build things on top of each other pretty easily. I know junk punk initially had a sort of support system where you couldn't build a bunch of stuff sort of hanging in the air. 
but they got rid of that. And the latest update and satisfactory doesn't either. So you can just sort of go upwards to your heart's content. Yeah, satisfactory, the you can build those mega factories that defy the laws of physics. So yep. it sounds like Junk Punk went that route instead of the the, the Valheim style build system, exactly. right? Where it has to be physically, like by the laws of physics, it has to be sound or it comes crashing down. Next is Dyson Sphere Program. You've got your spherical worlds. Everything sort of builds on the ground. You've got water, you've got little hills, but they don't really do anything other than give you soil pile when you build over them. You can then use with foundations to fill in water so that you can get more build area. It does have some verticality for stacking storages and labs, and you can build belts that go over other belts, but there's not really a whole lot of impactful topography. Uh, the, other, the other thing about how the worlds are designed and built that, that you need to work around is that you know, they are spheres, so the grid is not square. At different ele- at different uh, latitudes, you will have your buildings be like slightly farther apart or closer, based on where that grid is at that point, and that can get really annoying, especially when you're trying to slap down a bunch of blueprints. Like, oh, I just put these two buildings down and put some put a sorter between them, and then when I try to build one right next to it, they're too close for the sorter now. It can get frustrating. Yeah, my, that's, my my biggest point of advice for the blueprints is build as close to the equator as you can, and that'll give you the most compatible blueprint when you go to to paste it in other in other uh, hemispheres or uh, other tropical zones or whatever they're they're called. That makes sense. Uh, and then we have Autonauts and Cubifactorium. They're both pretty much t- entirely flat worlds. You know, in Autonauts you can stack some storages. Cubifactorium, there are like cliffs and things that you can't really build over, but you can always clear pretty much everything. It really just ends up being a flat world. And those contrast to Factory Town, where it's a sort of similar perspective when you're building things, but you have hills, you have water, you can't, you know, you need to take into account when you're building things, build things at different levels using your scaffolding or blocks or stilts. And you can sort of game the system a la satisfactory and build things that are physically impossible. Just support, you know, a whole second village sitting on top of your old village feels kind of cheap. And then I just wanted to throw in one more nugget in there. The future game that we're planning on trying to get into the Alpha Forest Tectonica. The preview videos that I've seen, it has a fully, it's a, it's a handcrafted world, but it's fully destructible. The kind of the premise of it is you're supposed to carve out a cave in the game. Very similar. It kind of gives me vibes of No Man's Sky, how you can build underground and and use your mining tool to to dig out big cavernous caves and whatnot. And so Tectonica is going to use that actually as a major point of gameplay when it when it comes out. Or at least that's how it seems. Yeah, it does seem like it's going to have topography as a major feature of the game, which will be really interesting to see how well they do that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that one a lot. As am I. So we've talked about how all these different games approach this. What is the best way to approach this? As the answer is with most things, that depends. Topography can have a huge impact on how you build your factories in all these different games. In Factorio or DSP, you can end up with some really gnarly spaghetti while you wait for the technology or the production to be able to deal with things like cliffs and water. 
And then you need to go back and decide if you're going to go clean that up or just live with your mess. And and expanding on that, it's sometimes it's not a hindrance for you, but you can actually use it as a hindrance in the in the case of Factorio, you can use cliffs and water to your advantage to stop biters that create choke points. Water is an essential item in Factorio. You need it for all the power plant types. You have to feed water in somehow. Um, so it's not just early game and being a pain or getting in the way of snaps, uh, placing down a blueprint, but it can actually use it as an advantage. And and in, in, at least in Factorio. Yeah, in DSP, you need water a little bit too. And like Factory Town, pulling up water is important. Yeah, some of these things aren't just a topography. They're also a resource on their own. Ignoring topography in general is a viable approach for something like Autonauts or Cuba Factorium. They still have water that you need to build around, but there's no different elevation at any point. And that can make it a lot easier to program and play the game. So it's easier all around, but it can also, you know, having some of those differences in terrain can add complexity and challenge to the game. Or it can add additional features, like you said, where you have the cliffs protecting you in Factorio from the biters. But especially coming off Factory Town, where at first for me, the topography just seemed kind of annoying. I kept having to deal with things being on different levels trying to build scaffolding to, to bring resources up to different buildings or worrying about making sure everybody could get a, a good path to another building around all the hills and everything. But then as I learned more about the game and figured out how the systems work, became another feature and almost another resource to exploit as I learned more about how to help it help my production chains using the topography, you know, building my chutes and my conveyor belts on different levels to get more inputs into a building or be able to walk under the different inputs. Um, Overall, I do think topography can be a really useful feature for improving a game. I know Satisfactory is, I think, quite quite intentional about how it has a lot of different elevation changes in different areas. You know, it's got some huge valleys, some huge mountains. It, it really impacts how you build your factory, how you build upwards and downwards. And it's just, it can be really interesting how it affects the gameplay of the game, the different things that you have, the different tools you have available for you to help you build in the game. It's a, a very, it's a potentially very useful mechanic. And some of the games like Satisfactory and Factory Town use it in really powerful ways to give player additional tools, which is a really good feature, I'd say. Yeah, or or challenges. I think satisfactory, depending on what biome you start in, I mean it plays a plays a huge part in your ability to to build and expand in the early game, especially. Definitely can add that challenge to the game. So when you're building out in satisfactory early game, I think I started in the second biome, which is kind of the intermediate one. And finding a flat spot to build near the veins is quite frustrating because yeah. end up having spaghetti going up and down cliffs just to get back to where your smelters are or back to where the assemblers are. It was fun, but I couldn't wait for foundations. And then even then, there's so many spires and plateaus that it's hard to get a decent-sized factory. 
squeezed in in between what flat spot there is or flat ish spot there is. But it is possible. And in a lot of these games, as you proceed to the end game, you're typically given tools to, to work around it. And then going back to what you were saying about the ignoring it altogether, I know in Factorio, there's a checkbox to just disable cliffs. There's sliders to reduce the amount or the disconnected nature of water in the game. In DSP, you were talking with the topography with water, especially for sulfuric oceans and all that. You may be in a system where you have to import water all of a sudden. It's not just found, so you got to use those resources. Use your logistics to ship around something as basic as water. Because the planet you're on, the topography of that planet just doesn't support it. And I'm really interested to see how Tectonica deals with the topography. In fact, maybe I'll throw in a question in their AMA. See uh, how that's going to work for them. Yep, give us a little sneak preview on what they're planning on doing for it. So we've had a few additional thoughts since we recorded that originally. Um, one major note I wanted to talk about, uh, that's something I didn't bring up in my initial discussion of Dyson Sphere program. Another way it uses topography that should have been obvious, but I didn't really think of at the time, is just using the different worlds as a kind of topographical challenge. A little different from the elevation you see in other games, but it's a very similar challenge where you need to bring resources through an obstacle, in this case space, and it really helps inform how you build your factories as you eventually start using planets to kind of delineate different parts of your factories. If you want to have a forge world or if you want to have a world that's producing you know, just rockets, um, it gives you a lot of different options for what you can do. And it's all because things are sort of separated in a way that's very similar to like an elevation or like oceans or whatever. Yeah, I noticed when I'm playing DSP, that's something I started to do in my more recent games as I matured in playing it, is I started to dedicate planets to building rockets, building solar sails, uh, maybe just a power uh, planet dedicated to power or creating deuterium rods or antimatter rods. So in DSP, definitely, exactly as you're saying, there's a lot of utilizing those different worlds, especially with galactic scale right because you have small worlds big worlds you know the bigger worlds are better for using as forge worlds because you have a ton of space to build so you can import and then even the uh, science worlds right so logistics are a powerful tool in letting you enabling you to sort of uh, ship things across long distances and make it anything you want viable pretty much oh yeah totally 100 agree with you on that and then in tectonica we snuck in a few questions into their recent AMA asking specifically about the topography of the game. And they let us know that, you know, look back at the previous gameplay videos that they put out. You can see it's clearly you're going to be building vertically. There's going to be uh, conveyor belts that go really high and enter machines on another level. And then we asked them about, well, what about terraforming? How are you carving it out? And early in the game, it's going to be your... You're kind of digging your way through, but then you're going to get access to a tool called the mole or the M-O-L-E as they put it, and it'll help you sculpt it. So you'll be able to add back at different levels, remove earth from the game, add it back. So it was pretty cool that they 
we're able to get in and answer our questions specifically about the game. We're really looking forward to the fact that it's not just a horizontal grid anymore that you're building on, but it's also a vertical grid now. And that's a little bit different. I think Satisfactory is probably the only one that comes close to building vertically on that scale. So it'll be really interesting to see how the game handles that. And and we submitted our applications to to get in on the alpha. So hopefully we get in on it and we can report back some some gameplay, some personal, you know, some actual personal um, experience with, with the game. Yeah, and that that grid they have in that looks so much more satisfying to me than how it works in Satisfactory, where you just sort of chuck things around, and you know, there are grids you can sort of align to, but everything's kind of a different size and shape, and it's not just not very neat, and that bothers yeah. me. So I'm yeah, really exactly. excited for a distinct grid distinct size of everything uh, everything fits into it um, and the, yeah they have some pretty neat screenshots of building upwards in what they've done what they've shown off on their discord uh, one thing they didn't talk about in the ama but they've certainly shown they appear to have some sort of like foundation to support your buildings and i'm really curious to see how that is if it's a sort of like satisfactory where you build the foundations then you can place buildings on top of it or if it's more kind of like factory town where you can just say okay i want to build this at this level and it'll automatically build the foundations for you and if those cost resources yeah just how that all all works i'm i'm itching to find out really want to get my hands on that one yeah and i'm curious if they're going to bring in a build system similar to valheim right where it actually be where it has to be structurally sound or else the floors above will collapse down on the floors below, right? I'm curious That's about that too. I did see in one of the screenshots I was looking at earlier today, it looks like there's almost like a, a support column in one of the caves that they built. It was, it was really interesting. I'm, I'm, I know Jungle definitely- did something like that, which we've mentioned earlier in this, and then discarded it because it didn't work so well for them. But we'll see how they handle it in Tectonica. Oh yeah, definitely... Uh- Definitely the game that's number one on our list right now of getting our our hands on so we can play it. Yep. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you had fun listening in on our bonus episode. You uh, liked what we did here tonight. Let us know. We're maybe thinking of doing some more similar bonus episodes, especially if more of our reviews go a little long. Uh, if you have any other suggestions, let us know. You can email us at bottleneckshow at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter as at bottleneck underscore show. Or check us out on Twitch, The Bottleneck Show. We'll see you next time. And as always, the factory must grow. Mm-hmm.